Welcome back to Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Guy Cipriano. We're here at the Tennessee Turfgrass Association Conference in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and I'm with Craig Kurt from Legacy Golf Management. He's the president of the company, and we're going to talk about the financial side of the industry and what superintendents can do to be engaged in it. First off, Craig, thanks for joining us. Thanks. It's good to be here. You guys manage multiple golf courses. Just what are you seeing in the industry right now? What are some financial trends you're seeing in golf course management? Well, I think the uh the trends are that the uh, business is down. I think there are some bright spots in the industry, and um, mainly in uh, in the private sector, private courses. There are, are several that I can think of that are doing pretty well. So I'm hearing good stories, uh, not all not all throughout, but on the uh, with private courses. Public courses, on the other hand, it's uh, it's the the trends are not good. Uh, drowns are down. Um, uh, you know, courses are struggling, and it doesn't look like, uh, from what I can tell, that there's anything on the horizon that's going to change that for quite some time. And you look out in the, uh, at least uh, at the Atlanta area where I spend most of my time, you know, the trends are, are that um, people are moving away from golf. There's not as, even golfers that uh, that play a lot of golf are playing less than they ever have. Why that is, I'm not sure. But uh, now, meanwhile, they're they're, they're taking up other endeavors, uh, whether it be. Uh, doing things with the kids or lacrosse or um, other 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 sports, uh, hiking or whatever it is, but they're certainly not playing uh, more golf these days. Craig just spoke to the superintendents here in Tennessee, and he was talking about things like balance sheets and financial statements and cash flows. Why should golf course superintendents not be intimidated when when they hear these type types of words? Well, it's uh, you know, it, it uh, I wouldn't say uh, not to be intimidated. I mean, I realize it's not not their not what they were trained to do, but I think more importantly, they need to learn to embrace it because it's it's you know, and and the where the industry is today, it's it's struggling, and the owners are looking for ways to make money. They're looking for uh, ideas. They're looking for um, solutions, and most of those are financially oriented. So. You know, before you can you can solve a problem, you need to understand what's happening in your business, and, and we're talking about financially. And um, it's important that superintendents just don't simply think about their own department and what can I do. Uh, most of them want to make the course look as good as possible, and I, I can understand that. But they also have to understand the owner is not he doesn't really care what the course looks like if he's making lots of money. Uh, if he's losing money, the course conditions don't mean much either. So you, they, they have to be open, uh, just be open. They don't have to be an expert. Just be open and, and take an interest in the financial condition of the course and try to figure out how as a manager can I participate in making the financial condition better, not just within my department, but in other ways. In, for example, we were talking earlier about you know making airification decisions, when to do it, and to realize that Maybe there's a conflict between when he wants to do it and a revenue generation period. It's up to the superintendent. You know, he needs to do what he needs to do, but he also needs to appreciate financially the implications of what he's doing and, and, and don't be so one-sided in his decision-making. What can a golf course superintendent do to convince his or her owner that he or she deserves to have a, a say in a lot of these decisions? Well, first of all, he needs to express a desire. And I think, if nothing else, I think an owner, if he's approached by a superintendent, and the superintendent says, look, I'd like to get more involved. I want to help out. I, want to, I, I need to know more than what's going in my department. We'll do nothing but create a, a positive impression on the owner. Second of all is just uh, take the initiative. If you're given the opportunity, follow through on it. Ask uh, questions. Uh, I mean, that's how I made it kind of progressed through the ranks is that I started out as a controller uh, in, our, in our company, but I asked a lot of questions. I would get invoices about fertilizer, and I would ask the superintendent questions like, why, why this and not that? So I'd ask questions, and eventually, because I, I, I kind of came through, the, through that aspect, I learned the business through the invoices and talking to superintendents to, to the point I got to be where I'm managing them. Now, I'm not smarter than any of them, but I started asking questions. So I think if the superintendents do the same thing and say, 
how can I learn more about this and how can I help make the situation better? What are people like yourself who specialize in the financial side of the industry? What, what are you looking for in a superintendent? What specific skills do you really want, want to see in that position? Uh, to start with, I want a superintendent that um, he's got the technical background. You still have to have that. The second thing is I want a, a superintendent that I, that, that I think has been engaged on the financial side because that's a big part of our business. Uh, if he has prior experience, he's done his own budget. He uh, understands financial concepts, then that's that's important to me. Someone that I can work with, someone that's got good communication skills. I, I draw a lot of confidence from a superintendent that I think can speak up, that has an opinion. He's not overbearing with it, but he has an opinion. And because I'm hiring him for his judgment, you know, I'm hiring him uh, as a first and foremost as a manager, not just as an agronomist. But I, he's he's there every day. And he's going to notice not only what his staff does, he's going to notice what the beverage cart does. He's going to notice what customers are doing. I, I want a guy that can think, that, uh, that can um, think of himself as just another a manager of the facility that just happens to manage the grass. And, it, and I think that you won't get far in the industry unless you have kind of a, that broader approach because that's what ownership is looking for, most ownership, I would say. Let's look down the road here, four, five, six years in this industry. True or false, will it be more important for a superintendent to have a business degree or a turf degree? Some superintendents say that maybe the business skills might be more important in the future. Well, I think that, uh, first of all, in four or five years, that uh, you know, the turf industry uh, might, might likely be very different. You know, I think it's always evolving. Things that we thought were uh, best practices today will change. And so I think it's always important that, that a uh, superintendent uh, a, be trained, B, be open to change, and then the business part is going is to be uh, increasingly more important. I don't know if it's as important as the technical side, but they need to be uh, realized that as time goes on, business will become even more competitive and uh, more demanding, and so you have to be able to um, participate on that side, of the, that side as well. You can't just stay in your little department in hoping someone else addresses so that you'll get left out of the equation. So you, you have to be able to be part of that. You have to almost demand to be part of that conversation. Last thing here, what, what can a motivated superintendent do to improve his or her business skills? What are some maybe at-home techniques to get better in that, that side of the game? Well, as I mentioned earlier in the, in the presentation, you needs, need to read and self-educate yourself. Read different uh, uh, publications, not just about superintendent-type stuff, but read the Wall Street Journal, read the local paper, try to keep up on the trends. Because again, that's important. That if you're, that's what your owner is doing. That's what you need to be doing, and so that you understand and you can anticipate. And then, based on that, maybe you come up with some solutions. Hey, I thought about this. I see what's going on. You know, you're talking to the owner, and that you're aware. I think superintendents that want to hold on to old ideas and are not aware of that, they're in danger of just becoming a little less relevant than they were because they're not up to the times. And I, I can tell you, uh, owners right now are just all solution-oriented, and they, that's what they're looking for. And you, you've got to be able to look at new ideas and see what people are talking about, writing about. And then you'll see, eventually you'll see something that really strikes home that's perfect for your organization that can really make a, a deal uh, changer. Well, thanks a lot for joining us, and enjoy the rest of your time in Tennessee. Thanks so much. I enjoyed it. You've been listening to the Superintendent Radio Network, the podcast of Golf Course Industry Magazine, a production of GIE Media. I've been your host, Guy Cipriano. You can find all of our podcasts on iTunes or the SRN page of golfcourseindustry.com. Talk to us at srn at gie.net or at GCI Magazine on Twitter. Thanks for listening.